0: you
1: the All right everybody Welcome to Video Vampires Episode 9. This is Mickey, and we've got... Jessica. She's back. Oh my god. Um, first thing I want to start with is uh, we just found out today that Toby Hooper died.
0: Yeah, which isn't that sad? I woke s- up and it was like all over. And then I was yeah. like, no, not another one.
1: I woke up at 11 this morning, and then I got the place ready for you to come over, and uh, I didn't know until <laughs> right when we started watching the movie we watched this episode, and I very bummed out i mean i've talked about texas chainsaw massacre several yeah. times and how i've always feel like that movie deserves way more mainstream recognition not that i it's not it's a it's by no means an underground film but yeah it's just like you know when people talk about like cinema they talk about citizen kane um
0: raiders yeah. of the lost
1: ark jaws et you know like they talk about like uh spielberg films or Orson Wells, and I just I don't understand why Texas Chainsaw Massacre isn't recognized. I know you
0: uh, you've mentioned this before, and I get it because it is still weird how horror genre is still kind of like pushed aside for certain things. Yeah, you and know? then and then
1: when somebody does make a horror movie that gets like big recognition, with The Exorcist being uh, an yeah. exception. Like, Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs is a horror movie, but they're like, no, no, it's a psychological thriller, and it's like, (laughs) I feel like you always want to throw that out there whenever uh, you don't want to admit that you've just made a horror movie. Like, Seven is a horror movie, but they call it a thriller, you know? So, it always bums me out, Um, but Texas Chainsaw Massacre is is one of my top three favorite films, and, like, and Toby Hooper, when he was on his game, Mm -hmm. like, because, you know, he kind of petered out a little bit here and there, but... You know, uh, he did the adaptation of Salem's Lot. Yeah. Which is fucking amazing. And that's, especially now that we've got it coming out again, like, Salem's Lot's worth revisiting because it's so creepy. Like, it still gets under my skin. Um, Eaten Alive, which, um, if you haven't seen that one, it's basically Texas Chainsaw Massacre if you condense the family into one guy. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: instead of a chainsaw, he's got an alligator or a crocodile. I can never tell the difference between an alligator and a crocodile.
0: I can't, I remember, I don't know.
1: But it's great. It has a young Robert England in it, and he's awesome. And then uh, the Fun House, which is really just it is so Toby Hooper when he's really at his best. It makes you he you're I don't watching his films it. make you feel dirty.
0: I think I didn't see that probably just because of the name. I was like, there's got to be clowns in it. it. There, there
1: kind of is, but not really. It's okay. really it's it's a really good good movie. And then um, what else? Um, you know, and then he did Life Force, which is like if you want to see a, a vamp, a weird space vampire movie with oh, vampire. with Matilda May walking around the movie naked the entire time, mm-hmm. um, and Patrick Stewart in a brief part. That's awesome. Definitely check out Life Force, and then you know Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, which is I, your yeah, my I, I favorite. Have, I've talked about it so much because I love that soundtrack. I love that that um, feeling and. I don't know, but yeah. So Toby Cooper is yeah. we're gonna miss him, and he also did Poltergeist, which I oh, mean, yeah. there's always that. I like, love
0: Poltergeist. Poltergeist still still scares the shit out of me. Yeah,
1: but there's always that talk that like Spielberg really directed it, and Toby Hooper just like yeah, called action. Yeah, I know, but it's just it. I always forget Poltergeist because I always go, yeah, it does kind of feel like a Spielberg, Spielberg movie, but it doesn't have like you know, once the movie's over, you're like, okay, great, like it's it's over. Whereas with, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and a lot of his other movies, like, when you're done watching you're still you thinking feel, about it. Yeah. yeah, fucked up. Mm. So, um, you know, that's really sad news, but... Um, yeah. Jess, you know, uh, it's been a few weeks. What have you seen? I know you just saw... Uh,
0: well, I saw Annabelle, The yeah. Creation, or whatever it's called. Uh, and honestly, I liked it a lot better than I thought I was going to. The, the first one... Like, the whole series, I thought The Conjuring was good, and then The Conjuring 2 was, like, kind of whatever. Mm -hmm. I didn't watch this Annabelle, the other one, um, much. I I think I went to, and my computer died, and I was like, this was bad. I'm just not going to ever watch this again. (laughs) And uh, so I never did, and I kind of just wanted to go see a horror movie, and it was out. It was actually way scarier than I thought it was. It's a lot of jumpy stuff, but for the most part, it it carries well in the movie. Yeah. I mean, some of it was stupid because you're kind of like, what is this? Like, what does this have to do with this? And, but it was still kind of, like, frightening enough where you didn't care. And I hate dolls anyway. So that sure. thing, like, who would carve the face on that thing? It looks so scary. The eyes are, like, huge and so round. Like, it, like someone shaved the eyelids off this fucking doll. And, like, I hate it. Yeah. I hate it so much. Plus, it's, like, wearing this, like, giant dress and I would just, like... I would hate it as a child. Like, it would scare the shit out of me, but... See,
1: my only problem with stuff like that is, like, my problem with creepy doll movies is kind of yeah. my problem with creepy kid movies, which I love creepy, creepy kid movies. Creepy
0: kid movies. movies are, like, Pet Cemetery, I hate that sure, movie. Sure, but, like,
1: Good. I'm thinking, like, like, The Exorcist or... Yeah. Or Talk even, like, about something about like The it Ring. Was, it's, like... Why you can't be that attached to that child? Get rid of them, you know. And it's like with with a, with Thank creepy you. with creepy doll movies. It's like just throw it away, you know. Well, like, they,
0: okay, yeah. I mean, but you try, but that's the creepy part. is so that they end up back, and you're like, what the fuck? I just just set fire to this doll. It was in my living room. Like what? That
1: is creepy, you and know. Yeah. But
0: I, and plus, they look at you like any type of like even uh, puppets. I hate too. They're stupid. Yeah. Like oh, I just hate them. Yeah. They're on like the same level as clowns. Yeah, with me is like they're just meant to make children suffer. Oh yeah, no, there was a
1: there was a Twilight Zone episode that with a a puppet like a ventriloquist dummy that like no
0: Chucky, fuck Chucky too. Uh,
1: yeah, except for Child's Play three, which is like.
0: I mean, they're good scary movies at first.
1: That first one's great. Yeah, but the first ones is at its best when it makes you wonder if the kid is really behind it. Yeah, really deranged, but uh. You know, I mean, not they, they they don't hold on to that for too long yeah. before you're like... Oh. But it, I still think Child's Play 1 holds up. And I, I do like the, the Child's Play movies as a general, but I have not... I didn't see any of the Annabelle movies. I didn't see The Conjuring. I just have a weird...
0: But like, Did you ever... Okay, so I lived in Connecticut for a while, which yeah. is like, big on Ed and Lorraine. Yeah. As, really real people, because that's sure. where they live. So, like, every Halloween they did, like this, like, seance thing and stuff like that. So there was a lot of... So it, it was kind of cool because I knew that they were real people. Yeah. Even though the movie is fiction, you sure. know, obviously. Well, even
1: though what they're probably talking about is fiction, too. Yeah, exactly.
0: Know? But it's, like, still kind of, like, yeah. you recognize them as real, so it makes it a little bit scarier.
1: Absolutely, yeah. No, I, I uh, you know, like, again, it's that it's that stuff, like, um, that weird, uh, you know, this is based on true story. Like, I remember, yeah. I think a year ago we went to Key West and um i think it was in key west or it was key largo no we well, we went to both but i think it's in key west where uh they have this doll called robert the doll which is basically the the inspiration for like all of these like scary stories and it's basically like this this uh family had uh-huh. this like s- servant woman you know who like wasn't treated well so she cursed this doll robert and like they would, like the family would hear like footsteps <laughs> or like the kid talking to the doll having full on uh-huh. conversations and then like the dolls in this like museum now and it's in a glass case and like if you're going to take a picture of it you have to ask its permission cuz if you don't like it'll come
0: get it'll you. curse you and yeah. then like
1: all there's all these letters and all these like things from people like you know explaining what's happened to them since they took a picture and didn't ask for permission it's just really weird stuff and i have to admit the doll does look really creepy but yeah um yeah i don't know i just it's that it's it, the second you tell me like this is based on a true story i'm like oh for fuck's sake but <laughs> um But no, I'm just... I haven't been interested in a lot of the new... Whenever a horror movie gets, like, a big release, like... It's... Annabelle or Conjuring or something like that, I feel like there's been a lot... I feel like it's still gonna play it safe in certain areas, and I feel... You know, whereas, like, The Void, which... Yeah. You know, didn't get a huge release, is pretty, you know...
0: Still, yeah. Pretty gruesome,
1: you know, And, and... It
0: wasn't... It wasn't really gruesome at all. It was just... It was very jumpy. Yeah. But, like, again, you... It wasn't like overdone. You like you know those paranormal investigation where it's like all jumps. That's it. Yeah. This was like a lot of jumpiness, but still. Also, the score. I don't know. I can't tell if it's just the movie theater sound. Sure. And or if it was they made it, but it sounded like. Someone had the volume up to, like, 20, and it was, like, crackling, and it scared the shit out of well, me. That's cool. Yeah, it really did.
1: I think sound design gets is, is one of those things that, like, I feel like every filmmaker should really pay attention to. Yeah. And I feel like not enough do. They're just like, eh, just whatever. But it's like sound design can really make or break a, a, a scary um, movie, let alone any movie.
0: I was watching, so I finally watched Jackie. Um, which, Jackie Kennedy.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, with Natalie Portman, which is weird because I, when I saw the trailer, I did not want to see it. Just because even Jackie Kennedy's actual voice in that telecast where it's really slow and drawn out. Yeah. I fucking hated it. I like, <laughs> couldn't watch it. I didn't watch the movie because of her accent in the beginning. I just couldn't do it. And then finally, uh, last night, I was like, I'm going to watch this. And it was actually really good, and I think Michael Levy did the score for it, yeah. and it's fucking great. Like, in the beginning scene, it's just, like, her, like, I think, waiting for this reporter guy yeah. to come in. She gives this interview about, you know, the death of her husband, mm. who was the president. Um, who? Who? Just kidding. <laughs> you know. Just kidding. Little guy known as Jeff K. Oh. <laughs> um, but it's really airy and kind of scary. and yeah. it, it it's really great, actually. I, I kind of listened to it uh, after, too, after I watched the movie. But it's really good. Cool. It's better than I thought just because I hated her accent so much. <laughs> but it, it was really well. I I don't know if I really love Natalie Portman. Like, I really liked her in Black Swan. Professional. The professional, but that's it. There's, mm-hmm. Like, I, I see a lot of her movies, but uh, but this was really good.
1: I mean, I think she's kind of like Anne Hathaway to me, where it's like, yeah. you know, it's like I, I have to, it's hard time separating, like, how I feel about the person, and there's nothing the yeah. about Anne Hathaway and Allie Portman is they don't do anything in real life where I'm just like, it's like that's, do, shitty. that's yeah. shitty, it's just that I just don't care for them, you mm-hmm. know? And, um, but, you know, it doesn't, that's not to say that neither of them have had really good movies yeah. come out, so...
0: No, I feel the same. And this was this was good. Um I did really like it and it was a different kind of take on the whole redundant like how he died, how it sure. happened. Um I I really enjoyed it, and the score is incredible, and then I rewatched Nocturnal Animals, that Tom Ford movie. Because
1: it's on HBO, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, Yeah, that's what... I gotta watch it. I love... Okay, everything about this film should have been better, like, except for the look of it. It's, like, really deep colors, like... Yeah? I... Amy Adams, like, her... I don't know, he has, like, obviously a knack for how things look. Sure. Like, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen his first film, A Single Man?
1: No. Oh, my God.
0: That's one of my favorite movies of With all Colin time. With Colin First? Yes.
1: Oh, yeah, okay. And I didn't know he did that. Nicholas Holt. Yep.
0: And, uh, yeah, he did that, and it's beautiful. Yeah. And I, I really loved it, and I think that is still better than Nocturnal Animals, even though Nocturnal Animals looked great, and Abel Korzinowski, who did his score for Single Man, also did this, and he also does, like, Penny Dreadful and, like, right. some other um, TV shows and films and stuff. It, it is great, but it's just, like, it was kind of dumb. Yeah. Like... It was too in-your-face, like, oh, I get it, this is a revenge story, and, like, I don't know, it just, it just really didn't give me anything besides looks, you know? Okay. Um, so and it's it, an
1: exercise in substance over stuff, style, yeah. uh, style over substance. And it
0: made me kind of bummed, because I really love Tom Ford, even before he became a director, because he's, like, the Gucci king, and, you know.
1: I saw, um, I've been, I've only been to the movies, well, I've went to the movies three times, only saw something new once, uh, Atomic Blonde, which I oh, know you yeah. had seen. Did you like it? I I liked it, but that's it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was
1: just like I I, I it's a shame to me that the most interesting character and in that was not Charlie Theron and it was James McAvoy's character. I really yeah. love the idea of a guy who's been so gets so caught up in this like atmosphere that he's in that he kind of like you know as they say in the movie like he goes native you know he bec- yeah it's kind of like he becomes like kind of like a, a Colonel Kurtz in Apocalypse Now where he just becomes like you know uh, part of that whole world and he wants to kind of keep it sustaining and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and um, thrives on that. that. But I just, you know, I like the soundtrack too. Yeah. And there were moments I really, but I mean, it was entertaining. I walked out. Um, But the two movies, the other two other movies I saw um, which are all old, they're actually actually 90s films, were way better than Atomic Blonde. One was... uh, Terminator 2 in 3D. Oh yeah,
0: oh I did want to go because um, I've never seen it in and, 3D. But. And
1: yeah, I, well I never, you know, it's, for me it was kind of like a, a personal thing because I remember when, I, when it came out in the theater, mm-hmm. I really wanted to go see it. All my friends were going to see it. All their parents were taking them, and my my dad was like, you know, hey, if you get better grades, well I'll take you. And <laughs> I, I, even though I wanted to see it really bad, my also my desire to not do any work, yeah, uh, over- overrode. Yeah, so <laughs> I didn't. I, we, I ended up seeing it on video right when it came out, but. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool to see it on the big screen, and then the 3D was really fantastic. Was it? Yeah, and we saw it at uh, the AMC City Walk, which I've mm-hmm. not been to in like over a decade. But now they have those like reclining chairs that you push a button yeah. and just like it was just it was great, like you know? C- comfort. Yeah, it was it was an insane uh, experience. And then last night, my girlfriend took me as a, she surprised me. She was like, "I'm not going to tell you where we're going." Um, we went to the Ace Hotel, and they showed Jackie Brown, which is That's my. Cool. Uh, I, you know, I go back and forth, but I will, I probably will say it's my favorite Quentin Tarantino film. I, uh...
0: That's fair. I
1: saw it in the theater right when it, uh, when it came out, and everybody was really disappointed because it wasn't Pulp Fiction. Well, I mean, it was just, it was... People are
0: so fickle. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean... I think people love him way more than they should.
1: I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. Um... I do think that people are, like, they have a hard-on for him, and I feel like yeah. sometimes undeserved. Even though it, it's not what it, it's not like what he does is bad. It's yeah, just exactly. It's, for me, it's like when I watch his movies, I'm always like, oh, I he's taking this from this, or he's yeah. taking this from this. And, and he acknowledges that, so it's yeah. fine. But Jackie Brown, even though he's adapting a book, still feels like the most, like, m- the best thing he's done mm-hmm. to me. And um, I love that cast. I love the fact that the cast is pretty much over 40. Yeah. You know, Uh everybody in that is fantastic. Uh, Pam Greer.
0: Dude, what a babe.
1: Yeah, seriously. And then Robert Forster who I loved in Jackie Brown and I've been loving him in Twin Peaks now uh, mm-hmm. as the new sheriff and everything like that. It's, it's fantastic. Um, so I saw those two and then on video I watched, um, The Curse which I picked up on VHS uh, a few H.P. months Curse. ago. Uh, the Curse is a adaptation of an H.P. Lovecraft's book. Really? It was made, yeah, <laughs> a story. It was in the 80s. Um, do you know, remember the actor David Keith? Not yeah. Keith David. Oh, uh, uh, that's what Keith. I that's what Yeah, I, I know. Everybody does. David Keith is, um, he was in that shitty Daredevil movie. He played um, Battling Jack Murdoch. He was in Firestarter. He played her dad.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah yes, I know exactly who you're talking he, about. Now. Yeah,
1: he directed this movie, and uh, it's this bizarre movie with um, uh, Will Wheaton,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Claude Akins from a bunch of Twilight Zone episodes, um, the kid in the wheelchair from Popcorn.
0: Oh really? Yeah,
1: Malcolm Danier, and then uh, uh, oh god, why am I drawing a blank on his name? He was in Dukes of Hazard. He was also Clark Kent's dad in Smallville. That guy, whoever, whatever that his name. Yeah, whatever his name is, he plays, and he just kind of comes and goes, and uh-huh. uh, it's this really bizarre, really kind of cool. It gets a lot of shit, but I really kind of dig it. And I remember I wanted to see it because the poster, which is also the video cover art. Just creeped me out as a kid, so when I saw it at this v- VHS swap, I was like, uh-huh. I want to get that. I finally want to get a crack at this movie, and uh, it was great. I watched it, and I loved it, and then um, I binge-watched The Defenders.
0: Oh, yeah, I watched that, too. I hate Iron Fist. Why yeah. did, can they just can they just like edit him out of everything?
1: Well, I liked him a little bit better because they finally, like, they kind of went with the comics, and they had the whole, like, Luke Cage and Iron yeah. Fist being kind of a weird buddy team and everything. I'm just burnt out.
0: I know. You know, I liked I watched it. it, too. I watched the whole thing, and I was like, so I. whatever. Although, I like Electra. I like all. I like her costume. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't I know. love Sigourney I like. Weaver
1: as a villain. I feel like we oh, don't get enough of that.
0: This is what I mean. Whoever uh, dressed her for the show, it did. Okay, listen. She is dressed so good that I was like, damn. When I'm her age, like, I need to look like that. Like, I need to figure out, like, her, her jackets, her pants, like, whole thing, like, yes. she was dressed really great.
1: Sigourney Weaver's a badass, regardless, and it's just really nice to see her. I mean, you, she does play villains in some stuff, yeah. but um, they're never that good. And mm-hmm. in this one, she was really good. I really i am a big fan of uh, Sigourney Weaver in general. Um And so, yeah, that was the only movies that I saw uh recently.
0: You know what? I watched some old... Some old classics, because, like, my uh, grandma loves those old religious movies. I don't know if you've ever seen them, but I grew up on watching, like, these type of movies every year. They were just, like, the movies we watched. Ten Commandments is one of them, but that's on, like... With Charlton
1: Heston. Yeah, that's yeah. A,
0: that's a great movie. Sure. Course. So grandiose. And then you have, uh, it's Miracle of Our Lady Fatima, or Fatima. No. I'm retarded. Um, it's, like, about that time <laughs> in history where, it, I think it's in Peru. Um, sh- Portugal where these kids like see a vision of, of The Virgin y- Mary. Yes. Yeah. And then, you know, they're obviously like ostracized and made fun of and then, you know, she appears and then there's that movie The Robe, which is another like, I remember
1: the robe, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's ridiculous. It is so long too. I remember my, my grandma fell asleep and I'm like, Oh my god, should I just turn this off? But I watched the whole thing and uh it's so ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah. And huge. I, r- I really appreciate those type of movies though, because you kind of just see that type of like old Hollywood.
1: Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. I mean, the only one that I really, the <laughs> only religious film that I really ever really take to is is Scorsese's Last Temptation of Christ, which oh, just yeah, every time that. I see that. It but
0: that was like the seventies, eighties. Yeah, eighties. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I know what I you mean like that
1: old school, like the big Hollywood? Yes, yeah,
0: that is a good one. I do. I did really like. Ten Commandments I still think is one of the best movies
1: yeah I mean um, I don't I have Yul a hard time yeah
0: Charlton I, Heston
1: I mean I have a hard time with like a lot of like religious films because like, yeah, I feel they're, like they, they're heavy handed and it, it kind of goes into territory that I'm like I don't know how I feel about this but you can't help but like love, get caught up in the spectacle you know
0: it's funny because those old Hollywood movies have like a certain dialect like it's like oh yeah It's like Moses Moses, like so. I, I just love the way they like. I just remember say anything like Lucia, Lucia. Everything has like a weird song to it, you know? Yeah, it, there's like, there's a definitely
1: a, a, like a sing song uh, affection to their like yeah. their dialogue. But I remember seeing Passion of the Christ in the theaters, and like, first off, I couldn't understand why everybody was crying in the theater. I was like, you guys know what's gonna happen in this movie. Like,. It's wait, like the
0: Mel Gibson one. Yeah, it's yeah, like, I, they, I saw that one too, and I was, was like, like, "Well,
1: I heard it was like, I was like I had to go see because when it was getting that much like controversy and buzz, yeah. I was like, got to Jim enough.
0: Caviezel. Did you ever see? Wait, this is the best. It was like when Anchorman first came out, so it was Will Ferrell as um, Ron Burgundy interviewing Jim Jim Caviezel, and he kept calling him Jesus. And it, That's it was funny. Actually <laughs> really funny.
1: Um, but yeah, people were crying during the whole movie, and I'm like, "Oh, oh my fuck god, well, come on!" And then like. At the end, when he, like, gets up, and I'm like, oh, they're totally setting it up for a sequel. I was like, <laughs> I wanted to hear, like, the Terminator, like, you yeah. know, like, dun 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 Yeah, exactly, dun, 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 right, dun, dun, when he, <laughs> exactly.
0: I'll be back.
1: So, it was just, I don't know, those religious films kind of get me, but, uh, I'm just, I, I can appreciate them for what they are, but, um, I don't know, um...
0: Yeah, that was, like, some weird religious torture porn. Like, I feel yeah. like people watched that, and they were like, I love Jesus so much. He died for us.
1: Oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, to kind of, like, before we kind of get into our movie, I kind of wanted you know... So, and this is going to be weird. I'm going to get, like, kind of personal on this one, but uh, I can't help it. So, uh, when I was moving to Boston, my dad was in AA, and he was sponsor. He was sponsored a lot of people, but... Mm-hmm. Um, he sponsored this one guy, and this is when I first moved to uh, Boston. My my dad had already lived there for a few months, kind of getting everything ready for me and my mom, mm-hmm. you know. So we moved there, and he's already been sponsoring this guy, and he's been, and this guy's been over at our house a lot because he's, like, helping, he's, basically, my dad's trying to keep him out of trouble. Yeah. And this guy was, um, he was the basis of a band, uh, well, the band didn't exist anymore, but he was the basis of a Boston band, mm-hmm. um, that was fairly popular in the area and everything like that, and, um this guy became, like, my older brother. Yeah. Like, I, you know, which I don't, I don't have an older brother, so this guy kind of filled in that role, and he, um, I was already into, like, horror movies and punk rock, and, like, when I met him, he was, like, he was kind of like that, he was, like, the perfect person to meet because he was, like, he was into punk rock, and he was yeah. into, like, horror movies, and when he saw me with my copy, I, like, I came home from the mall with Night of the Living Dead, and he uh-huh. was, like, you like that movie? And I was, like, yeah, I love it, and so, like,
0: he kinda, unleashed
1: Yeah, his... and he, like, yeah, exactly. And, like, he, um, this guy Phil, he, um, I mean, like, he was my, like I said, he was my older brother. Like, mm-hmm. and again, to keep him out of trouble, he would stay at our place on the weekend sometimes, you know. And me and him would go to the video store. And he'd be like, oh, have you ever seen this movie? And I'd look at it and be like, oh, Noah, what is The Evil Dead? And he'd be like, we're going to watch
0: it. Yeah. We'd
1: rent it. And, like, he was, when I went to Boston all the time, he would go with me and we would, like, um, go to record stores. And he was, the, that record store I was talking about with. You and Eric, me and him would go there all the yeah. time. And he was on, you know, like I, he was introduced me to like Dawn of the Dead and Martin and all that stuff. So, um, like when I, when I saw Martin on video, he was like, you need to buy that movie. And I was like, okay. And I bought it. And I, of course I loved it. And, mm-hmm. um, it was a huge, huge influence on, on my, uh, who I am and, and everything. And one of the things he got me into was Joe Bob Briggs, who is, uh,
0: oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: he was, you know, I'm wearing a,
0: Oh yeah, you a, are we- I didn't even realize I'm wearing
1: them on my shirt. Yeah. Uh, Joe Bob Briggs was a drive-in movie critic uh, for, the, I think, the Dallas Times back in the '80s. But his his columns were like kind of like half like um, Do you know like Garrison Keillor's crappy like you know what was it? Oh, uh, was that radio show? He has that radio show, and they Robert Altman did a movie of it. Um, well, yeah, you go ahead and look it up while I'm kind of going through. Wait, the story. what am
0: I looking
1: at? Gar- uh, look up Robert Altman. It was the last movie I think he did. But he also, like, you know, Garrison Killer also did, like, the Lake Wabakin days. And there were just these, like, kind of slice-of-life stories about these people. And, like, Joe Bob Briggs would do something very similar, but it was all these white trash people. And himself as the main character, Joe Bob Briggs. And just, like, hanging out with these white trash people, getting into these shenanigans. But it would always end with them going to the drive-in to watch a movie. And then would review uh, Prairie Home Companion. Exactly. Um, they would always review the like he would always end up reviewing the movie that they saw at the drive-in and this was like on a weekly basis mm-hmm. Um and uh you know Joe Bob Briggs was ki- a series. Uh, it was you know to spoiler alert he is a character I mean John yeah. Bloom is Joe Bob Briggs but he would write as this character this like completely trashy like you know ignorant character but he would always review these movies and when he would review them he would kind of dissect them by how many breasts you saw how much Kung Fu <laughs> was in it and um and through Joe Bob Briggs, so Phil let me borrow this book of, um, it was called Joe Bob Goes to the Drive-In, it was just mm-hmm. a collection of all these articles. And um, that's how I found about Basket Case, which is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Because he, like, he reviewed it, and in the in the review he talks about how he had his, because he never wanted to watch a movie um, in, indoors. He always wanted to watch them in the drive-in. So, you know, the whole story, and I say that with quotations for those who can't see me, um, <clears throat> is him getting his, having his car Taken to Cans, you know, on a boat, mm-hmm. so he could so he could drive his car to watch *Basket Case* at a, you know at the Cannes premiere. But uh-huh. it turns out it was indoors anyway. But <laughs> he was a champion of like *Basket Case*. He was uh, he also brought *Evil Dead*. Um, him and Stephen King were both really big proponents for that movie becoming as popular as it was when it came out because yeah. they were champions of it. Joe Bob gets fired from his uh, his weekly column gig. Um, because he kind of crossed the line again. This is satire, so good satire hurts. Yeah, you know, um, but not everybody gets it, so yeah. he gets fired. Uh, but he ends up working on the movie channel, having a, a you know a drive-in show. Yeah, and then uh, you know from there, he moves over to uh, he moves over to TNT. Uh, and takes over Monster Vision from I think mm-hmm. Penn and Teller. And uh, Monster Vision was like, you know, for those who remember, it was on TNT. It was this awesome show where Joe Bob, basically, he's playing a little bit more refined character than he was on the column and everything like that. You know, it's a little, um, but he would, you know, he would host two movies. He was a horror movie host. um, And I'm a big fan of that era, of the horror movie host era, like Elvira, Stella, um, you know, Joe Bob Briggs and, you know, so, um... You know, like uh, there was an episode of Friday Thirteenth. He was doing a Friday Thirteenth marathon, and, and in between the movie, there were, he had this storyline running where like somebody was bumping off the crew, mm-hmm. and then it turns out it's Ted Turner who was the owner of TNT and mm-hmm. everything because of jokes that he had made. I mean, yeah, you never you never see Ted Turner, but you know, you, you know, in dialogue you realize that it's supposed to be Ted Turner because you're yeah. seeing it from the point of view, and it's all about jokes that Joe Bob cracked about Jane Fonda a few episodes back. It's just he was so great, and he's still around, and. Um, he, I think he was a correspondent on the Daily Show for a while. Like do, yeah. anytime they did like something religious, because I think he's he's one of those like religious watchdog uh, types, yeah. you know. But um, I went to my grandmother's house in Philly. This is after I moved from New Jersey. I was living in Boston. And I went to visit my grandmother, and all the adults were in the other room watching something on my grandmother's television. And I was in the kitchen watching her TV, watching TNT, and that's how. And I was watching Monster Vision. And that's how I saw Motel Hell, mm-hmm. which I'd only known from the... Like, there's a very iconic image of, like, the
0: Pig pig's head, head yeah, yeah, over the
1: chainsaw. So, um, yeah, so, like, you know, thanks to this guy, Phil, I got into Joe Bob Briggs. And Joe Bob and Briggs became, how? yeah, a huge hero of mine. And so I, I just ate up Monster Vision all the time. And um, that and, like, USA's up all night, which was...
0: yeah.
1: Um, and, uh, you know, Phil, it was the sad story, the, the sad story to this is that Phil... Uh, and I lost touch, you know, when mm-hmm. I was like in my like late teens. I would run into him when I worked at Newberry Comics, and like you know, it was always great, you know. But uh, I looked him up when you know on Facebook a few years ago, and I tried to look him up on the internet, and he had passed away. He Aww. had had an overdose, and um, dang,
0: that's so shitty. It is,
1: and but he was like a huge. I mean, like I said, he was the older brother I never had, and uh, and a lot of like the stuff around my apartment, like there's some I can see an ode his, to him. yeah, I can see his influence in there sometimes, and uh, so you know if you ever if from the Boston area and you remember a band called the Blood Farmers mm-hmm. he was the bassist and uh, yeah so he got me into Joe Bob and then through Joe Bob I got into Motel Hell which is one of my other favorite uh, horror films of all time horror comedies I guess yeah, and it is
0: really funny
1: yeah it is and it, it's it's a it's a tough um, it's tough because sometimes I feel like depending on the crowd you're watching with like I've watched it with some people and they just don't laugh at certain things I'm like yeah. no you can laugh at that it's funny that like they're the premise of the movie is, uh, Farmer Vincent, played by Rory Calhoun, uh, uh, operates a motel, but they also, um, he also bumps people off on the road, yeah. and, uh, and he, like, cut, has their vocal cords cut out by his sister, and they bury them up to their heads in, in the, this garden, and then he basically uses them for his smoked meat jerky, yeah. you know? Um, what is the tagline? It takes all kinds of critters to make Farmer Vincent's fritters.
0: <laughs> um...
1: But uh, yeah, you had you never seen this before?
0: No, I mean I've, I'm familiar with the images, obviously. Right. Um, but it is it is pretty funny. Um, it's it's got like enough of that like nostalgia to make it good too. Like that. Yeah. I don't know. And also they have like the, the dumb cop, the like hot damsel in distress. Stress. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then like the creepy uh, farmer guy who like. Also has a weird sister. Like, I don't know.
1: But the weird thing about Rory Calhoun and his Farmer Vincent is he's kind of charming, too. Like, you really like him up until the very end. Even when you know he's doing all this terrible stuff, he's such a likable...
0: Yeah, you're like, maybe smoking people isn't that bad. Yeah,
1: exactly. Right. You know? (laughs) uh, You know, he's such such an interesting character. Well, he has
0: a weird reason behind it, too. Like, the, the whole thing, especially... Whereas they're like uh, hypnotizing yeah, people the, the, that yeah. they planted, it's like really weird because he's like, you don't want them to suffer, like no animals should suffer, and you're like, what?
1: Right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, it's it's such a great because he plays a lot of times when people play a character that deranged, yeah, they they do it so over the top. He plays it so like he thinks everything he's doing is perfectly valid. Yeah, it's, it's just like mm, if know, he this wasn't is
0: what God said,
1: right? If he wasn't so charming, he would be terrifying. Yeah, you know? even
0: the damsel was like. He seems fine. Oh yeah, no. You so <laughs> like,
1: so there's at one point like it's the beginning of the movie. He mm-hmm. picks up a man and a woman. Oh, he, he causes he, an accident. Yeah. The man dies. He takes the woman back to the hotel or the motel, and um, you know that him and his sister kind of take care of her and, and bring her back to consciousness and whatever. And, and um, she kind of develops this like weird infatuation with Farmer Vincent, who's mm-hmm. like much much older. And uh, their farmer Vincent, and Ida, his sister, their little brother Bruce is the town sheriff, Ugh. and he is um, this bumbling idiot who also borders on uh, like, a date uh, rapist. Being a rapist yeah. yeah, I was like, "Huh." Ah,
0: the scene is very.
1: But he's your hero, yeah. I guess. Um, <laughs> I so um, you know, and then of course she falls in love with Vincent because mm-hmm. of the, again the Florence Nightingale he effect, saved me. exactly. And uh, I, Ida is like jealous, are also suspicious, and yeah. like. Um, and so, like, all hell breaks loose, but it, the best part about this movie is, like, um, there's there's a plot, but it kind of, like, gets cast aside for, like, it's more of, like, um, I think the fun of the movie is, like, the swinger couple that shows up to yeah, the hotel. Yeah, they
0: were great. They're
1: fantastic. Uh, um,
0: I really liked her whole, like, weird maniacal, like, whipping session. Oh, yeah, when she's just the destroying the hotel <laughs> the motel room, and it's like... Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I, I love those. And uh, the fact that the guy who fucking plays the husband in that swinger couple, like, I mm-hmm. feel like I've seen him in a million things. I've looked yeah. him up. I, I haven't. I was like, I haven't seen anything. This guy's mouth or something. He kind of has like this weird Sonny Bono. Like, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting about Motel because, you know, speaking of Toby Hooper, it's very clear this movie's influenced by Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
0: Yeah. It, it's There's obvious. no doubt about yeah. it. Um, it's like a weird, like, couple steps down as, you know, yeah.
1: like... Well, it's weird, because it's, it's it's after Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
0: Is it? After? It's,
1: yeah, it's after, but it's before Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Massacre two. 2.
0: Okay, and, it's like kind of, a, yeah. Yeah,
1: and it, it's like, you know, Toby Hooper always complained about how nobody got the humor in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is why he made Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 because the way he did, yeah. I feel like Motel Hell was like kind of like somebody who saw, like, you know, the two writers, and I'll get into that in a second, I feel like they saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre, got the humor, and then they kind of crafted this story. Um, I think there was a few other personal things involved when they yeah. were writing it, but, like, there, like some uh, folklore from their, their growing up or something like that, like a babysitter or something like that. But it definitely borrows a lot from Texas... Ch- I mean, the, the the finale of the movie is a chainsaw duel. Yeah. Years before Texas Chainsaw Massacre Which too. Which is...
0: It is pretty funny, that whole... Like, also, you kind of have to, like... Remember that putting a pig's head on your head is, like, not really... It looks really scary, but you can't really see anything. <laughs> and, I, like It's kind of funny. Pigs
1: heads are weird, though. They have those dead eyes, you know, even know when they're, they're alive. It's
0: really scary. Like, you're like, wow, it looks really intimidating, but then you kind of see that he's, like, being pushed around all the time and, like, falling yeah. over, and you're like, yeah, because that fucking pig's head must be heavy, one, and so you can't see out of it. Yeah,
1: there's no practicality so it behind is, it, but, but it,
0: it is funny because I like that he was kind of, like, bumbling all yeah, around. time and was of like, course. but it looks really scary and menacing and fucked up, and then I like how after he takes off the head and he's like, brother, are you okay? Yeah. like, what?
1: So, um, Rory Calhoun plays uh, Farmer Vincent. Rory Calhoun is this total badass, like, in his day. In his real? In his real life, yeah. He was a criminal. He was actually a, uh, a convict who mm-hmm. ended up becoming an actor. And I think this was in, like, the late 50s. Yeah. I think he spent time in San Quentin. Oh, really? uh, But he was, like, he was really good at those bad boy roles, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, it was just because it was perfectly natural to him. Uh but he's he plays this character like it's weird when I read when I look up his filmography and I look at the type of movies he was in mm-hmm. and then I see him do this and it's like because he's not treating the material like like it's beneath him like yeah. he's totally owning it and uh, he's fantastic in this movie he's such a badass and like there's a funny story I think you can see it on IMDb where I mean he's also this like notorious womanizer you know? yeah married so many times but one of his divorces. You know his wife at the time was she like cited like seventy five people that he women that he had had an affair with and his all his response was was man she only named half of them and it's like oh my god sounds like god. someone
0: I would marry
1: yeah it, it sounds like somebody that you'd be like you know what he's he's kind of a piece of shit but he's also a great guy yeah. you know um, but yeah so Rory Calhoun plays Farmer Vincent um, Paul Link who was in Chips yeah plays the the weird oh, date I hate rape. So yeah much. he is he's a very unlikable character um, yeah.
0: And, and you don't want him to kind of be the winner in this. No, you, you know, don't. You like don't want hero. him to come out on top. You're like, yeah, you're like this fucking guy, man.
1: Really, all right. Because at the end of the day, I think it's like, and it's not a disrespect of Paul Link, but like Rory Calhoun's so charming in this that yeah. you're know, like, even though you know he's doing terrible things, you're like, kind of want to see him come yeah, out on you're top. Like,
0: um, maybe he should just continue this.
1: The best part of the movie, in my opinion, is. Uh, Nancy Parsons, who plays his sister, Ida. Yeah, she's great. She is.
0: She's funny. She's funny. And the pigtails and the overalls, it's like. Oh, yeah. Makes her, it is, it is funny. You know what I liked is the the rocker band, that truck.
1: Ivan and the Terribles. Yes, if I
0: saw that van coming down, I'd be like, sick. Well,
1: that's funny you say that, because I, I guess he's supposed to be the drummer, but we have uh, in uh, in the band, Ivan and the Terribles, which are victims of Farmer Vincent, um, is John Ratzenberger yeah. from, uh, Ratzenberg, from a. Uh, Cheers. Cheers, and all the Pixar films and everything. Yeah. It's always... I always laugh whenever I see him in this movie. And it's so
0: weird, because he looks exactly the same, just, like, in a rocker yeah. outfit. in
1: leather. That's yeah. it, you know? <laughs> um, But, yeah, Nancy Parsons, she's so great. I mean... She, is. she I don't know if anybody's seen her in the Porky's films, but she's, like...
0: Oh, yeah. I was bald. wondering what she was in. I was like, she looks so familiar. She
1: died young for, like, I think in her Did 50s. She? Yeah, it was really sad. Um, but she's... She's just she's awesome. Like she yeah. Just,
0: she's funny. She's
1: funny, but she's also she's actually if you want to call it any time this movie gets creepy, it's, it's because her. it's her. You know, but she's also some of the the funniest parts of the yeah. movie. Just like her, like her, just the her mannerisms being her,
0: creepy. Her, yeah. her creepy.
1: You know, her like that. In that, like, kind of playing that innocent like mm-hmm. kid type. Uh, she's great. I love her. Nina Axelrod plays Terry, the uh, the young woman.
0: Yeah.
1: She is. And I, it's funny to me that she'll... Why don't I tell you what she does now, but uh, she's kind of the worst part of the movie as far as the acting yeah. goes. There's still something likable about her because uh-huh. she's attractive, and she's so doughy-eyed and innocent. Yeah. But she's not a very good actress. No. Um, but she ends up going on to become a casting director. Oh, really? She uh, Yeah, she ended up being a casting director on Fright Night 2, Oh. Critters 3 and 4, and then another underrated film, in my opinion, a movie called Remote Control with Kevin Dillon yeah. that I love. Um, but she's in that uh wolfman jack has shows up in it oh yeah that's right and there's something about his voice that just like every time i hear it it just brings me back to like my my childhood and funny thing is i don't think i was around like i was born when he was on the radio yeah but i'd seen so many things in the 80s where he like, they, he, you, he was in it like, yeah. you know like a uh, midnight hour um and uh you know american graffiti which mm-hmm. you know like, like he's a part of that and just like you know whenever i think of the radio yeah, I think of him, you know, and so he plays in this as like this weird perverted preacher. In fact, I think everybody in this movie, except it's for, like, I, we, yeah, no, exactly. no, even no, even Ida, except for Vincent, they're all perverts.
0: Yeah, because they were all they're, they're like, all in, just reading Hustler. They're all they're but like, the
1: same issue. Yeah, yeah. you know, um,
0: the latest one. Yeah, exactly. You know,
1: out. like Wolfman Jack catches you know Paul, our sheriff, our hero, like reading a yeah. porn <laughs> in the, the the car and and uh, you know confiscates it from yeah. him and. uh <laughs> And then, you know, cuts to Ida. Look, look looks like she's reading the same exact yeah. magazine. Yeah. so um, I don't know if there's supposed to be, like, a weird lesbian undertone with, like, Ida, but um, I don't know. I just like to think they're all perverts except yeah. for Farmer Vincent. Um, the two writers on the movie were Robert Jaffe and Stephen Charles Jaffe. Now, um, Stephen Charles Jaffe ended up becoming a producer. He produced such films as uh, Near Dark. Yeah. The Fly 2. Strange Days. So he and, uh, I think he worked on that K nineteen movie with um, Catherine Bigelow. So he's worked with Catherine Bigelow a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. He
1: also produced a movie called Ghost.
0: Oh, did he? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. I kinda like Ghost. You know. I think
1: I, I like Ghost when it's actually creepy. Like when the, I have
0: oh the things of shadow the shadows like, or like the part um, when like I uh, I know that he's
1: with a bad guy but like the part when like the dude from Friday oh when he's March like six,
0: Sam 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 yeah yeah that's, sh- that's that that's is creepy yeah yeah and he's like who is it. Sam, 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 uh, Sam,
1: Sam. His brother Robert Jaffe didn't have as much of a career as his brother, but he did. This what's worth noting is that Robert Jaffe did write um, the screenplay for a movie called Night Flyers, which was based, uh, it came out in the eighties. It was based on a George R. R. Martin. Oh,
0: novel. did we? We must have talked about this. I think
1: before. we did because yeah. um, I showed you the trailer for it. Yeah, it's really hokey. But That's now, right. I but now remember. they're making, a. Uh, I think they're going to be making a series out of it. Of course
0: it. they are because Game of Thrones sold so much like that source. they're just going to look through his history and be like, Yeah, they
1: can like, they'll go oh, into point, his toilet point, and point. they'll fucking make yeah, like a movie, you know, exactly.
0: Might as well. He's old. Yeah. Sell it, um, sell it, bruh. Yeah.
1: But uh, Kevin Connor directed it. He's a British director. He directed uh, From Beyond the Grave and he would later on go on to do House Where Evil Dwells. He also uh, did a lot of television. Like, he did a TV mini-series of Great Expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's not much to say. I mean, the directing is is what it is. I mean, there's a lot of atmosphere, which I think this movie really is really cool. Like, um, you know, there's that scene with uh, Ida. I just don't know why this movie, this scene, creeps me out so much. But what? she turns on the uh, Ida turns on the the music, like that weird like ambient music in oh, the, yeah. the garden, and she starts like doing these weird poses, and then she starts like walking yeah, slowly. Yeah, she was like
0: so. It was like weird happiness, like.
1: Waving uh, to like an invisible audience, uh, yeah. Yes. A lot of fog, uh, a lot of lot of great atmosphere in this movie. So I guess you know, I, I guess Kevin Connor, you know, really holds it together in this movie. Um, but uh, you know, there's something about the location, which I'm going to get into as well. Um, the location for the hotel or the motel was a uh, Sable Ranch in uh, Santa Clarita. I don't know if you remember this. But, oh, really? Yeah, a few t- about two years ago, it uh-huh. burnt down. Did so, it? Yeah, we lost all that. So Santa, uh, Sable Ranch was was the site of a lot of different, you know, oh, locations for movies and Yeah. It's all gone in the fire. Um, yeah, but to I mean this movie is it's funny. It's not as creepy as it could be, you know. No,
0: but I, th- I like that it's so funny. I mean, it's still about like eating people. Yeah, so there's like. <laughs> there's, a, there's the element
1: of, can't, but uh, you know, there's just but there's just the, there's too many lines that are funny mm. to, to ever make you really get like caught up in like how creepy it's supposed to be. Like yeah. when the swinger is like, what does the one of the swinger say to his wife? Let's get greasy.
0: Yeah, and I'm let's just get like, greasy. boom, I'm writing that
1: one down. Um... Those The mom and the swingers, or the wife and the swingers, was the mom in Trick or Treat, which I thought was really cool. Oh, that's funny. Because uh, I talk about that, I feel like, once every other episode. Yeah. But eventually, we're just going to have to do that, ep- that movie. Because it's a good movie. It is a good movie. It's a good
0: Halloween movie.
1: It is. Um, that, that's a good Halloween episode. Um, Yeah, you know. Um, And then, like, you know, that the, the idea of, like... I think the, the only part that I feel like, to me, is really creepy, and I have shown this movie to people, and, like, don't watch the trailer, don't watch anything, let's just kind of go in fresh is uh, that first reveal of all the heads in the garden. Yeah. That, I think, actually, I've seen people get like creeped out by because of the weird raspy voices they have and, uh, you know... um,
0: That in itself, like, all right, when you think about it, because aside from how jokingly they make it, they're still slicing people's vocal cords and then burying them neck deep in a thing so they can't scream and they're just, like, stuck in this thing because they're alive, and then they go and try to hypnotize them and play creepy music... To subdue them, and it's like fucking and and well, they, psychotic, and
1: they feed them by putting like whole like having like funnels and tubes to their mouth, and yeah, they just, like, get you know it's
0: yeah. So they keep them alive, and I'm like, that's a terrible. <laughs> that,
1: is, that is really creepy. Yeah, that is, that existence,
0: is, like fuck.
1: Um, and 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 so I will say that you know there is you know there that moment when that first when it's first revealed mm-hmm. really does like make people jump when I watch it with them, where they're yeah. like. Oh, shit. Because, like, you know, they don't know where... The, and they have an idea of where it's going, but they... Yeah. You know, the idea of a garden full of people buried up to their heads is pretty creepy. And mm-hmm. uh, especially towards the end when they're all, like, marching in the fog towards the hotel. Yeah. is really, really cool. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 you know, I do love this movie. I think it's hilarious. Um, I, I'm also... I don't know what, what it is about me, but I think movies about cannibalism are funny in general.
0: Yeah, um, they, they are.
1: I have a hard time not being disgusted or grossed out. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Motel Hell, and and I think it's worth. It's definitely a great. You know, I've seen it. You know, I have it on. I have the Scream Factory release, which is fantastic. It's got some great special features, especially about women villains and horror movies. Yeah, because they're focusing on Ida and uh, a lot of different Scream queens that I don't. Some of them I never even heard of. I think they've been in, like a movie, and then they just like. Got interviewed? I don't know. Really? I couldn't even name them.
0: So let me ask, would you eat someone? Like, would you eat a person...
1: You know, I thought about that. I thought about that because when I was yeah. when I was editing the epi- if you had to well yeah so I was editing the episode uh, that you know the mini episode that I did with you know Steve the desert island distance yeah. trying to find something like a good
0: like and if, if you were in a desert island would you eat people right it? Like, so, fuck yeah I would
1: so I found I was looking for clips and I found uh, I was started rewatching some clips from the movie Alive
0: yes okay yeah I and, think about that all the time yeah I would fucking eat people yeah all right listen I'm saying it to everybody I would eat a person okay I don't, if I'm gonna eat meat I'm gonna eat a person too
1: well it's funny because then. You know, and I thought you know when I started started watching these clips, I started thinking about my old apartment. I had you know a few roommates, and you know, I've got my two cats. The and people. Yeah. Right. No. 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 And I was. I remember <laughs> at one point we were talking about what would happen in, a, you know, a post-apocalyptic scenario, and I yeah. told my roommate Ooh, at the like time the Josh. Yeah. And I told my roommate at the time Josh, I was like, I would eat you yeah. before I would even touch my cats. Yeah. And I was like, I've watched you eat and you get food all over yourself so you're seasoning yourself already. <laughs> you're already getting yourself prepped to get like uh-huh. the, I was like, dude, I would kill you and I would keep you. I, I would I could save your meat for like a long time. Yeah. So and then I realized that I was having a conversation that was an hour long, mostly me talking about well, how eating? I would eat my roommate yeah. over my cats, you know. Uh and yeah, I had Both cats are little Well, that was, I didn't have Elliot time. I had a uh-huh. but I had a big big fat cat, but still I was like I would
0: like cats are lean. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> so um, I, I was like, dude, I was like, you get food all over yourself. Your fingers are covered with whatever you eat. So yeah, you, you're just you're spicing yourself up for me. Um, I could live off you for all. I like a while. that you've
0: been like observing. You're like, you know what? Especially someone's well, diet too. You're like, yeah, marinating yeah. themselves from the yeah. inside. You're like, okay.
1: So yes, I, need that I, th- I think the, I think the answer to the question is if I was in a scenario, I would eat them. I just, the reason I brought up the live is because I remember, like, when that movie came out, I remember, yeah. like, on video, my friends and I watched because, I like, oh, this is the movie where they eat people. I remember being really disappointed with the fact that, um,
0: well, they ate to survive, not yeah, but
1: I expected to be more gruesome. And it's just like, no, they just they just carved the out the dead, they carved out pieces of their butts and then just ate them. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, well,
0: butts are like, I
1: know, but it was just like, it was kind of like,
0: <laughs> I like, like that you wanted it to be like I a horror movie, well, I but it was, I mean, it kind of is if you ate when
1: you hear like, oh, this is a movie where people eat people, you're like, yeah. oh, I gotta fucking see this, this is gonna be horrifying, yeah, but they had and to then,
0: humanize it,
1: yeah, exactly. And I was like, well, why'd you do that? And then they're like, and then they just like. It's like, I remember when they were carving, like, out of the frozen bodies, and they were carving out of the butts. It was, like, this little chip, like, a little, like, cold chip of flesh, and yeah. I was like, that came from their butt, you know? <laughs> um, I got really grossed out by that. I was not I was not as excited as I should have been for a while, um, but yes. You know what
0: also made me want to eat people was Hannibal, There's TV show. The TV show. Okay. I agree. So elegant. Whoever did those shots of him cooking, you're like, maybe eating people is fine. I really
1: think Mads Mickelson should host a Oh, my God.
0: Show. I would probably do anything he suggested. Yeah, at all. As a person, he would have been like, "Go do this." I'd be like, "Yes, sir."
1: Like you know, when like you're when someone's cooking and they like they they've got like the the
0: oh dish, so elegant and and it's they like, like they
1: flip it and there's yes. a little bit of like a little pillar of flame. Oh, lamp. beautiful! Right, it is. And I remember doing that at my you know here at my apartment mm-hmm. one time and like almost setting the place on fire, but I was really <laughs> excited because I was like, I did exactly. I I, I was like, able to I do did. it too. Yeah, I was I like, did it. I did, and I thought of Hannibal. I thought of the show. So yes, um, I mean. Yeah, cannibalism movies I don't find as scary as much as I'm like I don't I don't know, maybe I could I couldn't. I see don't really doing. have a
0: moral yeah. type of like you know, uh argument towards eating people. I really don't.
1: Which is weird because here's the thing is I hate eating um <laughs> calamari. I hate eating I don't understand I really? wanna watch people eating like Wait, what is calamari? It's squid. Oh it's yeah, a, yeah.
0: I've had it before. Nah,
1: I, just, yeah. I mean
0: I don't like certain textures of meats, but I have no I'm not like
1: See, I'm picky. Like, I I don't... I'll eat people, but I won't eat squid. I'll Uh, eat,
0: like, some butt, but I won't eat... Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, that's the thing, too. It's like, I'm not going to eat the butt, Like,
0: I don't want to eat, like, uh, what was it, old boy, you know, when he just, like, stuffs it in his mouth, and it's, like, it's got to be so rubbery, and I'm just like...
1: I want to... See, now, the thing is that, like, and I've gotten into arguments about this, where it's, like, I want to actually see that. Now, I have a huge problem with, like...
0: I think it is an actual delicacy. Oh, it is. No, there's a place in
1: Koreatown you can go... Where you can see I'll them, watch you
0: someone eat it, but I don't really want to.
1: But the thing is that, like the, the,
0: the tentacles.
1: Well, that's the thing is that you have the, the whole idea is you have to chew them because they're still alive. Yeah, and then and, they're
0: sucking. And yeah,
1: and if they go down your throat and you haven't completely yeah, you chewed them, die. they'll wrap themselves around. Yeah, and I, I want to see. Now, here's the thing is, again, I have I have a hard time with, like... I will not even watch movies where animals are, you know, like, tortured. I mean, I Cannibal no, Holocaust... I
0: don't. Speaking yeah. of
1: cannibals, Cannibal Holocaust, which I, I'm glad I saw it. I'm glad I'm never going to watch yeah. it again because I don't need to see animals killed on screen for... Yeah,
0: for anything. For anything. Which is funny because I would watch humans be murdered, obviously, in most be- horror I've movies. <laughs>
1: I said that before, too. I was like, I have yeah. no problem. I can't watch John Wick because... I can watch people get wasted all the time. Exactly. I have a hard time with Road Warrior when the dog dies. But what I was saying...
0: it makes you, at least John Wick, you feel validated. You're like, yes, go murder everyone. Yeah. Because
1: you're a dog. Yeah. But, like, the thing with, like, the squid thing is everybody's like, you know, that's so cruel, the animals. I'm like, you're absolutely right. You're 100% right. I don't want to see somebody eat that. Um, because I have a thing against octopuses and squids, which I do. Yeah. But um, because I want to see that idiot, because I feel like if you're to gonna, death. yeah, if you're gonna be that much of an asshole, or you're gonna be, be like a, a culinary daredevil, where you're gonna like eat ghost pepper wings, oh, or you're no. gonna chew a fucking animal's live tentacles. Those Carolina I wanna, Reaper. Yeah, I want to see you get it. Yeah. I want to see you like get your just desserts because you deserve to fucking. You know, so it's a it's a, it's a sad trade off where like I'm like I you know yes I feel bad for the the octopus that's like getting that they're. Yep. Yeah.
0: Not on by a person. Right.
1: But at the same time, I want to see that asshole, like, really just... I want their food to fight back. Yeah. You know? Um, I want to see a life and death struggle <laughs> between somebody and their food. So, uh, you know, that's uh, that was the weirdest tangent I think we've ever gone no. <laughs> on. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about Motel Hell aside from the fact that you should check it out. We yeah, didn't actually give away the good. ending, which is good. Uh, there is a chainsaw fight at the end, but that's mm-hmm. about as much as we'll give away. It's got a great punchline. I feel like the entire movie is building up on a punchline towards the end, which we we won't spoil for you. But it's it's a really it's a fun movie. And uh, do you have anything you wanted to add or pitch? Or
0: <laughs> I was like, what restaurants should I pitch? Uh, no, I think I think this was good. I think it was like a funny, yeah. like like dark horror comedy.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great. And
0: it is a good Halloween. Yeah, and we're getting
1: there, and I feel like you know, it, Motel Hell. It's not like it's not an unpopular film, but it's not yeah. popular enough. I feel like everybody should check it out. Um, also, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's great. You know, find a way to watch it if you can even find the old. If you can all go online, you can find the old Monster Vision episode. I mean, they. The, yeah. What was great about Monster Vision is that even though Maybe they. Maybe
0: I'll a, find it on YouTube.
1: Yeah, I think you can. I, I I found a bunch of them, but even though they cut out a lot of stuff because it's oh, television. Oh yeah. The, the stuff in between with Joe Bob is still so good that it's almost like they kind of, well, we took this out, but we're giving you this, you yeah. know? Um, so, you know, Muntil Hell is one of those movies that it's not that, I mean, it's R, and it's it's not that gory.
0: No, yeah. And I think,
1: you know, there's a, there's not even that much language. It's really just Nina Axelrod's breasts that yeah. you see for a second, and, uh, you boobs. know, the boobs. Boobs, um, yeah. Yeah, so check out Muntil Hell. It's great. It's fantastic. If you love Texas Chainsaw Massacre as well, it's a great, really... Little weird homage to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and uh, so one quick thing before we wrap up, uh, New Beverly is going to be doing a double feature of Demons oh, yeah. and Anguish, which I think is really yes. funny because we've covered both of those movies and uh, in our podcast, and we've also talked about how they'd be a great pair. I actually double saw, feature, yeah. yeah, I saw Demons at New Beverly years and years. And oh, years yeah, ago. Oh yeah, that's
0: right. Kind of like the really great setting. Oh, it was for beautiful the it was the movie. when they were
1: renovating. Yeah, but. And so to see with anguish, I mean, again, if you've listened to these podcasts and you live in the Los Angeles area, it's definitely a double feature worth checking out because
0: especially since we mentioned, it's like yeah. in a movie, in a movie, in a movie, a movie yeah. in a movie, right? Both <laughs> movies,
1: they're, they're they're so like they're such a great,
0: back great to back. pairing. Yeah, yeah, it really
1: is. It's awesome. And then uh, real quickly before we go, I'm uh I you know I last. I guess it was last week. I recorded an episode of a new podcast with. Uh, no, no, no. A friend of mine named Kurt oh. Sandvig did an ep- has a new podcast coming out called Paranormal Almanac, oh. um, where it's like a kind of one of those like coast to coast type supernatural. Yeah. You know, and so I I, I did an episode of that with him because um, he's going to bring bringing guest hosts all the mm-hmm. time, and and so you get to hear me talk about you know my favorite ghost story folklore. A per- you know m- one of my only personal scary stories that has ever happened to me and then uh-huh. you hear me basically be a skeptic about like
0: about how ghost are <laughs> pretty much well we,
1: you know I don't want to give anything away uh but we do talk about um this this uh weird i don't, I think it's creepy pasta like this type of like bloody mary esque game yeah that I just I can't get behind because I won't there's do it. There's, well, aside from that, if you could, if it did work, it'd be too terrifying, but also there's just too many rules for me to feel like it's legit, where I'm like, yeah. who thinks of this shit?
0: <laughs> so, um
1: But I definitely think you should check out Paranormal Almanac, because it's going to cool. be a great podcast. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I love those scary stories. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, like you know, as much as I'm like, I scoff at them. Like, yeah, you tell me that a place is haunted. I want to go check it out because I want it to be real. Oh
0: yeah. That's like what Massachusetts, I don't know yeah. if you got district nine, which used to be the Danvers session, session nine, session nine. That's it. I bro- I'm like I bro- district nine is a different movie. I used to go um, in there all the time. Yeah. Right. And now it's, it's torn down, but there was also this like tuberculosis hospital, which I'm pretty sure we're all going to die of. Assess this, whoever was in there Yeah. and Hanson. But we used to go to these places because they were like, oh,
1: yeah, and you'd break in, and then you'd yeah. be like, you spend half time hiding from the cops. Uh, yeah,
0: exactly, and you're like, I hope I don't get...
1: So I thought, you know, it's funny, I've never seen Session 9, because people are like, well, how come you don't want to watch it? I'm like, dude, I lived it.
0: I lived, I've, yeah, I've like, been I in,
1: literally... I've been in there. My friend, a friend of mine's, like, graffiti tag is in uh, Session in 9. In the movie? Yeah. That's great. Um, but yeah, like, I've been there, like, I, I I was in, like, you know, I was in a creepy room with, like, a chair, like, a, with, like, a dentist chair, and I was yeah. like, it's like, fuck it, I'm gonna sit in it, because why not? You're only lit by... This is before cell phones, really, mm-hmm. so your light your only lights are flashlights. It was fun stuff, yes. Yeah. I am, I'm a big fan of anything like that, and I will... If there's something to go check out in the California area and people know about, let me know, because I yeah, would... Yeah, me too. I would jump on that in a heartbeat, but uh, I think that's a good wrap-up for yeah. uh, this
0: for episode. episode. And, yeah, yeah,
1: episode nine. So uh, we will be back with episode 10. Ooh. I, I don't know what we're going to do yet for it, but I think it's going to be...
0: We're going to plan something nice. We're
1: going to plan something nice, yeah. Some
0: nice, nice.
1: Some nice, nice episode 10 and uh, <laughs> check out the past episodes and uh, especially the one on demons and anguish and then yes. get your ass over to New Beverly.
0: Yeah, um, and feel free to comment or um, ask us any questions. I feel like occasionally we get like requests yes. and like, so please keep it coming because that stuff is cool. And yeah, we and like we
1: it. are actually going to be, you know, for the most part, we're actually going to be going through with those requests. uh we are going to do, and one of the requests was for Night of the Comet, which we will do. Yeah. I, I kind of want October
0: is coming, too.
1: Yeah, I want to do something special for Night of the Comet because, you know, I might be able to do something special for it. So um, keep your eyes peeled and your ears peeled for that. And uh, we'll be back next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Again, spend a night away from home. After you spend a night with Ida and Vincent. Ida will show you the way. You want us to uh, register?
0: No, that won't be necessary.
1: Nightmare could never prepare you for what happens to the guest. Vincent, you think in the years to come people will appreciate us for what we're doing here?
0: I have a surprise for you.
1: Oh Goody, I love surprises. One after another they come. One after another they check in and pray for the day they can check out.